Hello. Hello. You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. On this podcast, every week we take a brilliant pop album and break it down track by track. Just like it says on the tin. Exactly. And Dan, we're back with our first episode proper of 2020. We are. And on the turntable this week, we've got Please by Pet Shop Boys. We have gone right back to the beginning of the Pet Shop Boys career, just as they released their 14th album with Hotspot. I know. But we have talked about them a lot on Track by Track, but we've always gone for the later stuff, haven't we? We've done Super, we've done Yes, we've done Electric, we've done the Closer to Heaven score, we've done Electronic... Uh, but this is the first time we've delved even further than the year 2000. And I have to be honest with everybody listening, we were right up until very close to recording going to do uh, the new the new album. Hotspot. Uh, but it's brilliant. I love it. Mm. Some great stuff on there. But actually, we thought it was a really nice thing to do for our first episode back, refreshed, renewed and relaunched to go right back to the beginning. This was uh, released way back in 1986. Uh, how many years ago is that now? Well, it's 33 because that's how old I am. You were born in 1986? Yeah. Ah. Oh, a wee Ben. Yeah. So the Up Boys and I are the same age, which is quite weird. Although they probably formed a few years, well, they did form a few years before, didn't they? They did. But this was their first album proper, uh, released on the 24th of March, 1986. And it's fair to say it was a big hit getting to number three in the UK album chart and number seven in America. Yes, this one did do well in America, didn't it? I don't know that they've continued to be huge in the States, but certainly, I mean, the lead single or the the biggest single from the album, West End Girls, that was big around the world, wasn't it? It was, and this is one of those albums, and we've done them from time to time, where when you look at the track listing, like every song is every song is massive. Yeah, I almost. Don't, I don't think you need to be the biggest Pet Shop Boys fan in the world to know of every album track on this album. So we've also got some further listening, um, and our, and as we've said before, our further listening feature on this podcast is inspired by. The Pet Shop Boys using further listening when they uh, were re-release albums. Yeah. I can't wait for the further listening version of Hotspot. Oh, yes. But a little while to wait, I think. Some wonderful B-sides already come through on that album. Yep. And do you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if we haven't talked about that album by the end of the year. Certainly quite way off towards the end of the year when we talk about our albums off the year. An early contender? I, I think certainly my favourite album of the year so far. But I can't think of an album that's been another another album that's been released yet this year. No, me neither. That's kind of a track by track, uh, track, track by trackable, track by trackable, exactly. So, so, lots to talk about today. We've got a lot to get through. Uh, so, should we kick off? Yes. With side one, track one, two divided by zero. That was two divided by zero, featuring the late Stephen Hawking on backing vocals there. Oh no, that's in very poor taste. All tracks on this album were written by Neil Tennant and Chris Lowe. Uh, this one, though, was also uh, co-written by Bobby Orlando, who was a American uh, dance music producer. Mm. 
Certainly, I, I love this. As an album opener, it just feels very, from those first drum sounds and they're lovely and we're going to go straight into kind of music sounds that we don't know terribly, but they're it's a very uh, 80s synthy, wonderful sound uh, that, that I think the Pet Shop Boys used throughout their career, but it sounds wonderful on this track. And if this was the first Pet Shop Boys song you ever listened to, uh, this is all of the things are in place that you still that you still love about them. So the kind of grandiose production, wonderful lyrics, mm. Neil's haunting at times voice as well. Yeah, um, and it's just epic, isn't it? Really is. Uh, this has always been a favourite of mine. I think it sounds like I think it's because of the sort of speak and spell voice and the two divided by zero sort of theme throughout. It reminds me of. This is what a scientific calculator would sound like if it could sing. But it was a sample, wasn't it, of a speaking spell? Yes. Well, why is two divided by zero? Two divided by zero. 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 What's the answer? Um, two. Not zero. Zero. Two divided by... No, if you divide two between nothing, you've still got two. Or have you got nothing? Answers on a postcard. <laughs> At Track by Track UK. Uh, fantastic album opener sets the scene but i think we all know that throughout this album there are going to be some even more grandiose moments there's going to be some poppier moments and should we get there let's get some big hits on the go get Mm. your hits out well i will straight away actually because this is a mammoth hit western girls Cover of the fantastic E17 track there, West End. How dare you? So sorry. Even say that name on this episode. Not a fan of Brian Harvey? Uh, No, I preferred uh, Bob Mortimer. Tony. Yes, quite. (laughs) Uh, West End Girls, where do you start? I think not only is that synonymous with Pet Shop Boys, I think. Do you think that's their kind of their calling card, their, their soundtrack? Yeah, it, it it absolutely is. I think everybody knows this song, whether yeah. you're a Pet Shop Boys fan or not. I mean, this was huge when it was released. It was kind of released, uh, recorded a couple of times, but when it was re-recorded for this album and released, it was a number one. Which doesn't surprise me. And I was going to say, not only is it synonymous with them, I think it's synonymous with the 80s and certainly British music in the 80s. This song, you could play around the world and people would know what it is and who it was. It has been... Obviously performed many times, but most notably uh, in 2012, it was it was uh, performed by the Pet Shop Boys at the Olympics closing ceremony. Oh, do you know who else was there? Yes. Spice Girls. Duran Duran. Oh, Spice Girls. No, Duran Duran weren't there. Uh, but Spice Girls, their moment was the, the most watched, uh, highest rated TV moment of the millennium so far, I think. Good really? Yeah, honestly, yeah. Um, but Western Girls, just the whole... The whole production of that song, the whole feel of that song, it does feel, it feels like the 80s, it feels like London, it feels like dark and moody and neon lights and um, it's just, yeah, it's a soundtrack for that time, I think. Uh, Quick question for you, Will. 
with the song in mind, do you prefer a hard or a soft option? Soft option. Hmm. And do you prefer East End Boys or West End Girls? Depends which way the wind's blowing. Do you remember the West End Girls? They were a group. Uh, yeah, I think we've referenced them before, actually, haven't we? Have we? Yes. Covers band, and then they had a song given to them by Pet Shop Boys. Uh, an unrecorded song, is that right? Correct. They were a tribute group, um, and they they recorded Pet Shop Boys covers, some of them quite good, uh, and we have referenced them before because they actually recorded a rare, forgotten Pet Shop Boys song as an original song. Oh, with, that's... With the approval of the boys themselves. Oh, Neil and Chris. Uh, and they did um, quite a few covers from this album, actually. Yeah, I can imagine this... If the, the West End girls, I imagine they go for this sort of... This era of the band. Should we have a little listen to them? Yeah, let's have a listen. Let's have a listen to their recording of Domino Dancing. <laughs> song yes they put a real uh very poppy uh cheesy poppy sparkle onto it which uh isn't half bad no was that mid 90s i'd imagine sort of 90s that was sort of 2005 2006 you're joking yeah oh the noughties sounded sounded earlier sounds of the noughties that's lovely ken bruce uh, but back to the boys, the Pet Shop Boys and West End Girls. This song is, of course, still performed live. We've been lucky enough to see it together a few times and apart. But what I love about it, the last few times I've seen it, is they've kind of incorporated the dance mix of the song, uh, particularly on the intro, which just elongates a little bit and just uh, tantalises those fans who have come for their, their biggest hit. Tantalising their fans. So, should we move on? Yes, so track number three now. This is Opportunities. Let's make lots of money. Well, I've got the brains and I've got the looks, but shall we make lots of money? Yes, let's make lots of money. Yes, please. Uh, so the first time I remember hearing this song was when it was the theme tune to Beauty and the Geek. Did you watch that? I, I didn't watch it. I can remember it. Yeah, yeah it was a very... It was E4, I think E4 mm. or BBC3, one E4. of those. E4. E4. Yeah. Uh, and they paired together a uh, quite geeky young man and a quite beautiful girl. Um, I can't quite remember what happened after that. I don't really want to watch it again, but it introduced me to this song, so that's great. I don't think it's anything as um, raunchy as Love Island. No, oh God. Which I don't think either, either of us watched that, do we? Not, not for me. No. Thank you. Not your cup of tea. There's a time and a place for bronze greased up things, and that's uh, Christmas Day going in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> so the song, Will, what are your thoughts? Uh, this is... I mean, there's just not a duff yet, is there? This is brilliant. It's another song that was re-recorded a second time for the release of this album. It was originally uh, written in 1983. Goodness. Uh, and this this was another hit. So it was number, not so big, number 11 in the singles charts. But I think it's remained a, certainly a fan favourite. And just 
lyrically. Lyrically. Oh, I thought he was going to do it. There. I thought that was um. Oh, no, we've not happen, left everything in 1998. 20, 2019? 19? Yeah. But yeah, lyrically, it's it's the sort of sarcasm uh, and dry wit that you'd expect from Neil Tennant. And on this one, they're talking about, well, those people in the 80s, uh, sort of stockbrokers and whatnot. Yuppies. Yuppies who, who were chasing that Yankee dollar. Speaking of Yankee dollars... Mm-hmm. Um, Bobby Orlando originally, uh, as with the last track, originally produced this, but not this version. Uh, but this was re-recorded for the uh, for the album. So who produced the album version then? Who produced the album? Uh, Stephen Haig, lovely Stephen Haig. Uh, also, this uh, has a great B side uh, to it. Maybe more about that later. Hmm. You do intrigue me, Will. So should we move on? Yes. Track number four. Love comes quickly. So love comes quickly there ballad there will are you okay with this yeah i think it's as far as pet shop boys ballads go it's um you know they'd often do something a little bit more i mean that's a sad banger sad banger sad banger i'd say although the content about falling in love quickly is um isn't necessarily sad no Uh, i have to say it's not time to talk about the fantastic artwork but the cover of this single is an iconic now pet shop boys picture it's of Oh, so, Chris. So new track by track, and now we're talking about all the single artwork as well. The episodes are going to be quite long. Uh, it's I'm just ignoring that and carrying on. It's of Chris wearing one of those caps with boy written on the top. Mm. And funny enough, I actually saw somebody out and about today wearing a cap with boy written across the top. Was it Chris? No, and it wasn't Sunita either. <laughs> um, but it's true, isn't it? Fashion just comes back around again. It does. It's probably why you're wearing that shell suit. <laughs> I'm going to stay away from the candle, though, just in case. Go up like a Christmas tree. Mm. So this is one of my favourite songs. I love... It's almost a little bit... Uh, very melancholic. And news. And so you've got melancholy running through your veins. I'm sure you won't mind me saying that. No, not at all. And talking about melancholy, it's a word often used to describe a lot of AHA's work. And, of course, this was produced by Stephen Haig, who worked with AHA a lot during some of their later work. So on the Lifelines album, which we haven't talked about yet, he worked on that. But also... You know, he's worked on so many of the artists that we love, uh, including New Order and, of course, Electronic, who we covered last year. Back in standard definition. Yeah. <laughs> Back in our black and white times. The dark days. Of the thing. No, this is wonderful. Um, and it's just the outro as well. Uh, the haunting synth that goes through the, the end of that is just wonderful. And I could listen to the outro all day. Do you mind if we don't? I've got a few more quite tracks a to, bit to Quite a bit to get yeah. through. Pop please there, hurrying us along. <laughs> so let's move on. Um, this next song is Suburbia.
that was Suburbia, uh, a song all about the tensions uh, and boredom of the suburbs. It's interesting because when I think of Suburbia, I think of Desperate Housewives. I think it's more of a reference, I think specifically with this track, it's more around, I think, uh, things like Brixton Riots, um, the suburbs and the states. Mm. So we're not going to talk about Desperate Housewives. I'm not taking the bait, am I? No, really not. Because I know you used to love Desperate Housewives. No, used to about it. I'm rewatching it at the moment. Are you? Yeah, series uh, about to start series six. When it's probably started to uh... run its course. Yeah, <laughs> to quote a friend, Terry Hatcher has started looking bored by that point. Yeah, well, I think that was just the um, face surgery. lift. <laughs> so this song is—I put this in the same bracket as Opportunities. I think it's their much. Despite the subject matter that you talked about, it's the light-hearted sound. It's the, the the synths are a little bit more sort of plinky piano kind of thing going on there. Um, and live, again, this one just gets the crowd roaring. Got to number eight in the singles charts. was the fourth single to be released. So it's fair to say they were seeing a lot of success from the word go. Yeah, absolutely. But of course, Neil Tennant was the editor of Smash Hits. So... He had a, you know, a, a bit of an unfair advantage. He was coming into this knowing what pop music should be, knowing what a pop star should be. And yet, at the same time, they're not the obvious pop stars, are they? They never have been. Well, no, but just because you know what music should be, it doesn't mean you're going to be good at it. That's very true. I mean, we wouldn't be any good at it. Well, don't. there's a big announcement coming from us. So uh, <laughs> we're going to be the West End Girls. Boys. The rumours are true. <laughs> so the next song is a reprise of Opportunities. Uh, we're not going to play that, but you can probably just hear a little bit of it now. I like that already they were thinking quite dramatically, if you will. They were putting a little reprise in the album. Yes, and it might be a good opportunity to talk about, I guess, some of the speculation that's happening at the moment. Uh, with a new album and a tour, the inevitable questions around Glastonbury have been asked. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we've mentioned that we're going to be there. We're going yep. again this year. Another episode. We can't take all this new gear, can we? <laughs> <laughs> Might be a, a poorer quality version for Glastonbury. Uh, and by that, I don't mean you uh, slurring your way through it again. Next, you'll be saying that I was facing the wrong way watching a band. which is a <laughs> With your trousers down. Slander. Oh, doing a headstand. <laughs> doing your elephant impression. Helicopter. Oh, that's quite enough of that, thank you. Jum- jumbo jet. <laughs> no. Budgie the little helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I hope they do. I would love nothing more than to see them twice this year. It'd be amazing. I was lucky enough to see them last time they were there in 2010. Ten years ago, a whole decade ago, I can't believe it. And it was a real highlight. And I think when I... F- that was my second Glastonbury. And... I loved going to Glastonbury and I loved Pet Shop Boys, but I never thought the two would come together. So to see it once was amazing. To see it twice with some of the stuff from Hotspot would just be phenomenal. You can imagine some special guests as well. Yeah. Ollie Alexander. Alexander does love Glastonbury. Yeah. Dusty Springfield isn't with us anymore, no. so she won't be there. I just uh, We were looking uh, at some pictures earlier and... Uh, Dan, I love that picture that you saw with the Petra Boys of Dusty Springfield and you uh, mistook her for Cilla Black. Well, two lovely ladies from the 60s. <laughs> so, track number seven. And, Will, this takes me back to the first night when we got out our new recording gear and tried to put it together. <laughs> this is Tonight Is Forever. Tonight. 
is forever there. Lovely outro again there. Something very heartfelt and almost slightly desperate there. And do you think that's a song about kind of going out, meeting somebody and wanting things to carry on for a long time? Uh, quite possibly. I thought it might be about the night when the clocks change and you get an extra hour's sleep. Oh, it's lovely. That is a the real treat. Best night of the year, isn't it? No, the best night of the year is uh, Christmas Eve. Eurovision final. Oh. Oh. Or. Uh, and we are going to be in Rotterdam this year, aren't we? No, we're not. Because <laughs> it's quite pricey, actually. <laughs> we were going to be there, but we've spent all the money for all the money to track by track. And we've got quite a nice holiday coming up in. Uh, I say we, there's nothing going on. <laughs> we're going to Venice for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Love does come quickly. No, we've got. Uh, it's a group of us. Now, with this song, we are very firmly in album track territory, aren't we? We've had a run of singles, but with this and the next few songs, they are album tracks. And I feel like, I feel like they feel like album tracks, which, as we always say, isn't a bad thing. No bad thing. But but I could imagine yet, you know, the how this song is built together. I could quite easily imagine them bringing it back live and kind of giving it a twenty twenty spin, in their little laundrette, maybe. Oh yes, of course they were. They've done a lot of stuff actually since the last album. Um, they don't rest on their laurels. We've had, they've obviously done that. My beautiful laundrette. My beautiful laundrette, silly me. They've obviously done the revival of uh, the uh, Billy Tricks character yeah, with music for music. We've had the EP, which I really enjoyed. What was it called again? Uh, Agenda. Agenda, yes. Which I liked parts of. I do prefer Hotspot, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm sure I, I, they won't mind me saying that. No, 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 not at all. And I, they, I think I read a wonderful interview with them in The Guardian um, just before Hotspot came out. Mm. And I think they definitely wanted to get some of their, those opinions and siphon them off into something else so they could focus on delivering um, something very different for the album. But Agenda, What Are We Going to Do About the Rich? is one of my favourites. And if we're lucky... Let's have a little bit of that now. What are we going to do about the rich? What are we going to do about the rich? What are we going to do about the rich? there we go okay back to please and this is something you're a big fan of will violence Good old-fashioned violence there. You can't beat it, can you? Especially on a Friday night. Uh, it's Tuesday, Will. Oh, yes, of course it is. <laughs> I have to say, not one of my favourite tracks on the album, but I love some of those house vocals coming towards the end. Yes, I was thinking the exact same thing. It feels very much... Almost like they were ahead of their time, because if you think about... It was not till the early 90s when, I think, 
that sort of house Manchester, obviously late eighties as well, but maybe they were just a, a little bit before when that kind of soulful female vocals were playing a big part in dance and indie dance music. Well, it's funny you mentioned Manchester because this was re-recorded for a Hacienda charity concert in the early nineties. Oh. Uh, and it can be found on a B-side. I love how much stuff the Pet Shop Boys have got. Yeah. And I spend hours sometimes, if I've just got an evening at home, um, just going through like some of the singles and listening to some songs I haven't listened to for ages. Mm. That's some wonderful... I always find a track and I'm just like, I can't believe I haven't heard that for ages. Yeah, there's bound to be... For me, I don't do it as often as I should, so there's, there's going to be... Tens and tens of hundreds of songs that I haven't listened to. But, um, you know, honestly, Dan, once in a while, just come in, close the door, pull the curtains. Pour myself a drink? Pour yourself a drink and have a good rummage through your seven inches. Oh, that sounds like heaven. But you are more of a fan of the 12 inches, if I'm not incorrect. Yes, as, as I was saying earlier, you just that extra length is just a godsend. Uh, uh, and it could go on forever. <laughs> Lovely. Really do take your opportunities. Uh, violence. So for me, this, again, is still in album track territory, and it's it's just iconic. It's that Pet Shop Boy sound, but it's very much a 2D version of it, and I think what we've got now with them, and maybe not so much actually with the Hotspot, but certainly with the last two albums before this, we've almost got the 4DX version of the Pet Shop Boy sound. Um, a lot of the elements are the same, but there's just much more thrown at it. Track number nine now, and Dan, this is what you said to that poor bus conductor on the night bus on your way home on New Year's Eve. You whispered in his ear, I want a lover. Towards the end of that song, when Neil was singing I Want Your Love, I thought of two iconic tracks. Uh, Chic, I Want Your Love, and Atomic Kitten, I Want Your Love. And if we're lucky, we'll come to Atomic Kitten another week. Well, in about six years, we've run out of Pet Shop Boys things to talk about. Uh, Do you remember the Lady Gaga, I Want Your Love? Yes. I know you were a big fan of that. I thought that was a fantastic rework, and it could have gone Pete Tong, but no, it was wonderful. Uh, And we won't do And If You're Lucky for that because we have featured it on a previous episode. Yes. Uh, This, there's a real urgency about this, isn't there? This is my favourite non-single on the album, I think. I think I said that about Two Divided by Zero, but in just listening to it then, I was just reminded it's, I think it's a single that got away actually. And it always makes me think of, and we talked about it during the Robbie Williams Rootbox episode, the We're the Pet Shop Boys song. And they use this as part of that bridge of um, just lyrics that are titles of songs so it goes i want a dog i want a lover can you forgive her do i have to dot 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 mm. hints of new order in this one for me uh, i was i was picking up some sort of like italian house disco mm. in there as well which of course bernard and co are big fans of mm. things like tutti frutti and tutti uh, frutti fantastic song. and unlike neil neil sings i don't want a drink or a fight i want a lover 
You want a drink and a fight and a lover. Is that right? The Holy Trinity. <laughs> the Great British Saturday Night Out. A triple threat. <laughs> uh, track number 10 now. Uh, and this is Later Tonight. back and make myself comfortable while you talk about the album artwork <laughs> how did you guess what a great time to talk about the fantastic artwork on this album and uh in keeping with the future pets up boys albums pets up boys <laughs> in keeping with future pet shop boys albums this is very simple you've got a white background uh, and the boys are right in the middle, wearing white, and Neil is holding his ear. Might have uh, a bit of earache. Mm, that lovely banana-flavoured medicine that you got as a child. <laughs> lovely. Delicious. Mm. Yeah. Uh, with very small writing, font watch. I can barely read the font, but it says Pet Shop Boys, please. I'd say Ariel or something of that ilk. Yes, of that ilk. Yeah. Um, very minimal. Just like the song, in fact. It's the the most stripped-back song we've heard so far from them on this album, of course. And, yeah, it probably is also my least favourite. It's nice to see that side of them, of course. They would explore it much more later in their career. But I have to be honest, you know, there's some bands that I'll say I like them equally, whether they're doing a slow song or a fast song. With the Pet Shop Boys, I prefer them when they're banging one out. And actually, when they're banging one out, they can still be heartfelt and tender and melancholic and sad. And that's why they're brilliant. So, track number 11. And this is the final song on the album, Why Don't We Live Together. question we've often asked ourselves or each other will why don't we live together it would make it easier purely for recording purposes we could do an episode a day oh we uh, we way ahead yeah well, no put them out i mean record live Let's, like the one show shall we pop to right move later and see what's going available <laughs> uh joking aside well hopefully you're joking aside uh, we'll talk about it later why don't we live together is a great end to the album yeah and uh, it's a great end to the album and the end of the song uh, it's a lovely elongated outro. The drums go, or the drum machines, I should say, go a bit crazy. Um, but yeah, I think it's a great album. Lots of different elements in that song where we've seen a bit of sparseness earlier on. Uh, and it's definitely not petered out. No, he's not back for 2020, which I'm sure a lot of people would be pleased to hear. He's still hibernating because it is winter still. Yes, very much so. The, the reviews of this album were very, very positive. Uh, if I had to give it an average, I would give it 8 out of 10. Very good. If we got 8 out of 10, I'd be quite happy with that. Though currently we're at about um, 4.8 out of 5, I think, on Apple Podcasts. It just had one... Quite nasty individual who <laughs> fa- 
put it upon themselves to give us a one star. I think it was a slip of the finger. Well, you know what you're doing on there. <laughs> I've rated enough podcasts as one to know what it's, it's <laughs> to pretty hope clear. It pushes us up. Or the music <laughs> podcast. <laughs> In the no. music commentary category. Yes. No, no, no. We wouldn't do that. No, do give us a like and a review on Apple Podcasts. And rating and a comment and um, just pop around to our house with a cake. Mm, yeah, invite us to your birthdays, christenings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bar mitzvahs. Funerals. So, circumcisions. That's the end. <laughs> let's, let's cut it there, I think. <laughs> just like a... For want of a better phrase. <laughs> Uh, that's the end of the album but of course there is some further listening Uh, and our further listening for Pet Shop Boys albums is very simple it's a choice from each of us from the further listening released uh, as part of the re-release of this album yes so Will I'd love to invite you to go first Uh, I've gone for one of my favourites this is called A Man Could Get Arrested Man could get arrested. Mm. What do you think of that one then, Dan? Definitely felt a little bit more experimental. Mm. Uh, I think a lot of the vocal sampling kind of was doing that with a do it, do it, do it, and all that kind of thing. I love that it's more experimental. It also feels to me quite bleak. Yeah, very bleak. Quite Which... industrial. Mm. Medieval? Well, no. <laughs> um, I like it lyrically because... I think, obviously, Neil Tennant released a couple of years ago the was it 100 lyrics and a poem or something like mm. that. His, you know, and the fact that it was 100 lyrics and a poem put across the idea that it was only one poem. But I think actually there's a lot of poetry within his lyrics. I'm sure that was part of the part of the pun. Uh, but this one in particular, where it's talking about a wave of breaking bottles crashed across the city street, does feel very poetic. That line in particular. Um, Having said that, the track itself, I think it does feel like a B-side to me. Again, no bad thing. I love B-sides. They're experimental. I, I just, I love it. It's, I've got a playlist of Pet Shop Boys B-sides that I like to listen to with my absolute favourites on. And this is like top of the list. Really? Mm. Top of the pops. Top of the pops. Pick of the pops. Speaking of which, Dan, what have you gone for? So I have gone for, uh, of course, it's another one from the further listening version of Please. It is In the Night. Iconic ending to that track, uh, and for me, it'll always be associated with the clothes show. I, I see. I, I do remember the clothes show being on TV. It was BBC Two, was it? Or was it BBC One? BBC on Sunday early evenings on a Sunday. Yeah, a fashion show, right? Yeah, and this was uh, so it was a remix from the dis one of uh, the first disco uh, compilation album they did, which was used as a the theme music. And then in 1995, 
um, they did uh, a, a new instrumental version for it as well. Right. So there's a couple, there's a few other versions of this track floating around the place. And I have to say, this is not only is it is my not only is it my further listening choice. This is probably one of my favourite Pet Shop Boys songs ever. There's some great history in this song as well, as in from the history books. Yes, yes, lyrically, lyrically, it's all about the Zazu and leans heavily on a book that Neil read called Paris in the Third Rate Reich, a history of the German occupation. Um, not the kind of subject matter we would normally talk about on the podcast, but Neil seems like a very well-read gentleman. What are you currently reading, Dan? I'm currently reading a book called Blood and Sugar, uh, which is recommended... Cookbook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, a Transylvanian cookbook. <laughs> uh, how about you? Uh, I'm currently reading uh, Alan Bennett's Diaries. Oh, I love Alan Bennett. Alan... Uh, come along, mother. <laughs> the brass of this song is very stabby and it reminds me a, a lot of Burn from Supra, the Supra album. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think In the Night has been on the set, live set lists. Yes. Uh, quite recently. Yes, it has. Yeah. Did we see it together? Yes. Where? Yes, we did. Oh. Broiled up, perhaps. Broiled up, perhaps. Yeah. We're out of time. Oh, well, there we are. Well done, Dan. That part one of our you new haven't lost. You haven't lost it. I don't care what they say. Who's saying that? Uh, no one. Nothing the, for you to worry about. The bus conductor? No, 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 no. Don't worry. Boy in the chip shop? No, no, no. He's moved on. Oh. So, yes, that's the end of the first Track by Track of 2020. Do let us know what you thought at Track by Track UK. I got it right. Um, uh, which is uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram uh, new website as well coming soon coming soon or it might be done or it might be done now trackbytrack.uk have a look and if you have a spare minute just uh, head on over to Apple Podcasts give us a like uh, rating and a review uh, if you enjoy what you're listening to in super HD now and there you'll find 80 plus episodes including 3 or 4 or 5 Pet Shop Boys ones wonderful and Dan, can you give us a hint of a tease as to what's coming up next week? Yeah, so this is the first and so far only album actually from a girl band member, a British girl band member. With a loose link to the Pet Shop Boys? Yes, and also currently um, being spoken about due to a certain TV programme with lots of uh, costumes. You've said, you've said plenty, you've said enough. Enough, not too much. Just not enough. too much. So until next time, I have been Jeff Banks. And I've been Stephen Haig. Goodbye. Goodbye.